Can I read you my notes yeah. right here, though? Because it's really funny. I, there was All a right. part there, like, at the end there, the end battle, all, my notes go, this whole scene is batshit crazy, and I don't understand what's happening or how to describe it. Next note, why aren't we stoned right now? Next note, I still want to be stoned. Next note, should I light up a bowl? Next note, Xavier tells Jean to use her mind. I still don't know what's happening. Next note, where's my lighter? Next note, why do they have lightsabers? Next note, oh what is happening? Next note, Gene puts the Shadow Cane into bondage. He gets free. Gene moans, comma, sexually. Next note, (laughs) now Gene is just screaming. (laughs) Okay, we need to just record the app because, like, I mean, like, really. You basically just summarize the entire app. Please put that at the beginning. Please let that be the opening. You're already here. You're already listening. I'll say that I am Maddie. And I am Ryan, or maybe the Shadow King, or Mr. Sinister, but he's not here. Or maybe the Shadow King. Oh, wait, no, he is here for a second. Not really. He is here for a second. It's not actually him. Unfortunately, it's like, it's like a cock tease. Mr. Sinister, yeah, and then also Xavier like manifesting Mr. Sinister in his mind. So we watched. Wait, oh, wait a minute. We this watched. We, we actually didn't watch anything. We just took some LSD and thought we watched <laughs> X Men: The Animated Series. That's no, what happened. No, no, we watched X Men: The Animated Series because this is a show where we watch every adaptation of the X Men and we talk about it. Back when we were young. episode called Xavier Remembers. It was trippy as hell. And if you're going to watch it, you should be on drugs because we weren't <laughs> and we wish that we were. Uh, yeah. So, so get stoned, everybody. Light up a bowl like my notes say. I didn't do it, by the way, because I knew I had to record this episode directly afterwards. And I was like, you know, I know this is I don't... the problem. I, well, <laughs> you know, we, we've we're too we're too responsible. We're like cramming in watching the episode in between other chores or whatever. Yeah, and, like, that's pretty much what it is. Time. Or we're also like it. it's like when I am stoned, it's like. Yeah, I can get things done, but I'm not very good at it. At that point, I just kind of want to like play video Same. games or watch TV, which is good because Maddie and I are notoriously known for not relaxing. So it's actually yeah. great to do that, but it's not good to work. So it's not good to take notes. And I, you know, when we watch the show, we try to take notes on it. So I would disagree with that. I think my notes are funnier because I actually do write really well when I'm stoned, but I, d- I would not be able to do this because I then really I cannot have talk. That. So I'm glad that we're sharing this with the other day. Like, no one cares. But nobody we talk cares. We a lot on this show. That's because, <laughs> because it's legal in Massachusetts. Show. So in a lot of other states, honestly. So I know it needs to be legal in more places. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to our weed localization 
legalization and legalization show. That's actually the politics section today is like why LSD is good for you. Why isn't weed legal everywhere? And also, why did I spend the majority of my life thinking that weed was evil only to then find out anticlimactically that all it really does is make you chill and sleepy? Lies. <laughs> Lies told by the D.A.R.E. program. Yes, anyway, actually, this true. this episode, I guess, should we try to do it previously on the X-Men? I'm trying to think if the Shadow King has ever yes. come up okay, before. Yep, I can actually cover this. So previously on the X-Men, the Shadow King has actually once appeared before in season two when Storm went to Africa because the Shadow King was possessing her like son right, that nobody knew that right, she had with right. her lesbian lover. Wow, I totally forgot about that right. episode. And so, Rogue, so her current girlfriend, Rogue and Storm... <laughs> went uh, to Africa to try and save the people of Africa. By the way, no country specified no. in that entire episode. We may never truly also, know. Storm is from Cairo. Cairo, Egypt is in this episode. That's right. at least explained. Yes. But in that previous episode, none of it was. Right. Continue. And also, what is important to note here is that in that episode, both Rogue and Storm had referenced that, oh, that's the Shadow King, as if they had already met him before, which was an interesting narrative they decided to choose at the beginning of that episode. And we really liked yeah, that. And it referenced like it. specifically Shadow King having a history with Xavier. Now, we're going to talk about the Shadow King later t- to a more extensive degree, but this episode pulls a couple of different major Shadow King star- story arcs and honestly does it pretty well in terms of staying true to the comic books. Um, yeah. And that's and really does cool. so very simply. Yeah. It's it, not confusing at all. I mean, like, I'll say that for this episode, especially since last time we did an episode that was so confusing that we couldn't even agree on what happened in it. <laughs> almost nothing, almost nothing happens in this episode, which isn't necessarily Yeah, I feel like thing. they just finished out this season by letting the animators, like, trip balls and animate shit, which, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the animation in this is really fantastic. I mean, it's if great. I, in terms of plot device... Well, I mean, eh. there's there's a plot there, there's a story, but it's just there's not a lot it's to describe simple. here because yeah. it's mostly all in the animation. So I do recommend that you go along and yeah, it's worth watching. If you have not already watched the episode, get like watch it because we're not going to be able to explain everything. How good it looks, yeah, yeah. Too, true, true. So cool. Uh, this is one of the episodes that's good on the animators. So good on you, animators. Good job. Um, so anyway, this episode opens up with Xavier sleeping in his billowy pink sheets that blow in the winds. winds. It, it looks like he's fucking royalty him. and I'm like, okay, it, here we go. It looks like he's in the Barbie dream house or something. Like, Xavier's really decked out his room with Barbie colors. And you know what? I can respect it. So, Xavier is in his sleep he's paralyzed which is weird to say for a character who's paraplegic by the way but right. he cannot move also like he, he can't move any now he can't move body. anybody Anything. i still i still don't believe that he's actually i think he can walk honestly let's just Ryan be real believes that xavier is so manipulative that he's been lying to everyone yeah. i don't even though i also hate well xavier. then why just sometimes he can walk and other times he can't walk and he's like oh it was because like uh, something got fixed and now and then he's like uh-oh Lost my ability to walk again. Oh no, I'm starting to fall. I mean, especially on this show, where like on this show he has like lost and regained the ability to walk multiple times, like over the course of his life. Well, I mean, he like, went to Savage Land, and like, he was like, turns out it was a psychic wound, and we were like, how? What? I know. You know, and maybe that's something that Psylocke could probably do, but she's barely on this show, so I don't know. Right. 
And when this episode was written, it was supposed to air before that one, I think. I mean, we're we're in the we're in the era of season four where everything's out of order and like who even knows what they were planning to do. So maybe Psylocke doesn't even exist yet, according to this show. That's who true. Knows? The point is Xavier is asleep. Something is wounding him psychically in a brand new way that's making it so he can't get out of bed. And he there's a vortex outside the mansion that's shooting in the sky, lightning everywhere shooting gold lightning at everything so i guess this is mildly confusing it, would you say that this is this part is a dream that xavier is having or this part actually does happen uh, see, which do you that, think okay is, that is. is a great question because i was also confused on this i thought it was happening in real life but then but then it happens again right. later. So, but and it, I think but, the okay. second time is real, and the first time is just Xavier seeing what's going. Well, to I mean, so here's what's going to happen in this upcoming scene: is that the X Men are all going to have these vivid hallucinations. But then it turns out it's Xavier imagining that those X-Men are having that those vivid will, hallucinations. Yeah. And it's confusing because Jean's captured for a second and Cyclops is there. But then later we're going to find out that that didn't that, happen. That didn't happen. But then also isn't the, yeah. those things happen again for sure to the X-Men. And we're like, I don't know what is happening like i don't know if we we're in dream world or not confusing but i'm changing my mind this part of it actually well is I mean, it's really confusing. cool looking but i don't know so all the okay this is actually really funny to me i think it you know what i think it must i don't know this doesn't make any sense to me okay so <laughs> well, it, it does ha- it does make sense that the x-men would do this so even if it's just xavier's imagination of what they would do they're all acting in character right so, like, so they all we they can all, still describe it the the mutant alarm is going off and they yeah. all run out in their pajamas and they're like what right. the hell's happening Wolverine except for Cy- yeah cyclops <laughs> runs out in full uniform full costume, which made me I question like, i was like he... does cyclops just sleep like that I think he just sleeps which i would not put a past uniform, him full body suit full belt <laughs> mask everything but actually I, I think cyclops is supposed to be the one who's like on night watch duty or whatever like i yeah. sort of believe that they would have that and the rest of the x-men are sleeping for real right and logan is like that's some wake-up call and he's referring to the lightning that just like hit the entire house and everything not just the mutant alarm right and cyclops is like something's going on outside b see if everyone else is okay the rest of us let's go and jubilee's like outside and she's like shivering because she's just wearing like a huge t-shirt to yeah sleep. i know and she's like i want to go back to bed but i guess that's not happening so they go outside they and do put on clothes before they go outside all the rest of them put on their actual they, they have uniforms. plenty of time to get dressed and go outside to fight all the villains of the I x-men feel like this should have been our first clue that this wasn't quite right but anyway they all suddenly have on their x-men uniforms oh uh, you know Jubilee what that's actually outside. a good point so she goes out she goes oh wow who put on the laser show something's kind of spooky about all this which is funny that jubilee the shadow king would make jubilee say that in xavier's mind because it's yeah, like because it's like what she would say i mean we don't know at this point that this isn't but real. also like kind of gives away that it's not real which is kind of a weird thing storm says the elements are out of balance and that the world is under siege and that's when Sabretooth shows up and immediately starts fucking wolverine on the front lawn of the x-mansion yeah and it goes on for like a couple minutes it does and this isn't even like <laughs> The super sexy one, because there's one later on in this episode that I was like, oh my god, this is like... Yeah, because all of these scenes are going to happen twice. Right, so am I supposed ready. to believe that they're not gay here? Because yeah. that is not what the animation yeah, is like, showing me right now. You took a screenshot and sent it to me of like, they're, they both are naked because Logan's like in his pajamas in the second scene, Okay, think, Logan doesn't wear pajamas, so therefore he's just naked. Yeah, so he is naked in this screenshot that you sent me. Yeah. And Sabretooth is grabbing his arms and Logan is grabbing Sabretooth's hair and pulling wait, it. And wait till like, we get to that, because it goes on for like two minutes and it's just them 
them grunting and moaning, they're not even fighting. And I was like, like Logan's legs are literally up in the air and exi- like ex- I almost said Xavier. Sabretooth is like right in front of it. We're not even at that scene. I'm just saying this is well. We're gonna this re- is the warm up scene. We're warming up for what's what's to come. So right. Meanwhile, Jubilee sees a sentinel, and this is around when I was like, okay, this definitely isn't real because like a sentinel is also there. Yeah. This makes no sense. They're imagining this, and the the sentinel grabs her and she like tries to shoot beams at it and then it laughs and turns into xavier's head over the sentinel's head which is fucking crazy i kind of liked it i I did too (laughs) i kind of wished it was jubilee having like a like revelation where she's like oh xavier (laughs) is an evil piece of shit so yeah. that's or what even, I even like is controlling my life the way the Sentinels used to and right. like pulling me into a war. Like, no, it's that that's sadly not the episode. No, it's just in. like Xavier hallucinating that he is evil, except then he does a lot of stuff in that I question also. So wait, but then Storm gets put into a box. It is not yes. Rogue's box, it's just nope. a box. Rogue isn't in this episode, by the way. Like Or Gambit. All. Like they just yeah, Rogue they... and Remy are off like trying to touch each other somewhere. Well, they probably took it. a vacation after all that crazy shit with the brood and cody and like yeah, i think rogue probably, right. probably needed some like repair time r and r remy and remy remy and remy uh so then gene is there screaming like a damsel Being in distress by mr sinister and, and she's mr. like sinister. scott help me and then mr sinister is like care to join her which is like kind of funny because it's like him being like so scott you wish i was holding you right now i bet you do and scott is like oh no he's like like, he's like i have to save gene by giving myself over to sinister okay but anyway so (laughs) then it cuts to xavier being like i must save them uh, there's a lot of moaning this that's like sexual it's like i don't know and that goes on for a while and then there's a fade to black well also all the x-men sink into the ground like it's quicksand it's really weird it's like a weird nightmare that xavier's having but that's when we realized that none of that was real and that it was xavier's nightmare yeah it actually turns out it's just a commercial break so anyway (laughs) and then after commercial break xavier is actually sleeping in the x-men laboratory on a pallet in there and gene and beast are watching over him so like he's not even in his barbie dreamhouse bedroom none of that was real like no it's funny and it's funny because I don't even know what's happening here because Beast says something or Gene does. I can't remember where they one of them says that we couldn't believe Xavier could get into this state of mind from suffering a concussion. And I was like, yes. when did he suffer a concussion? Yeah, We're never going to know. That too. We're never going to know. We just so, have to assume it happened in one of these in a missions. episode, Xavier got a concussion. I mean, that's actually relevant to the plot of this episode that he got a concussion, which triggered all of this. Right. So did it happen in one of the episodes that got aired out of order? And now that's we don't what I know. Too. I and do not remember. Maybe one of our listeners will remember because sometimes they're good at connecting the dots on these things. There may be an episode it's where really difficult, honestly. It is because we're watching them all out of order as well. So right. like maybe one of the people who's been listening to the apps right back to back can remember like maybe a recent episode where Xavier got hit in the head. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we can't remember. So apparently Xavier has a light concussion, and that actually is relevant and is going to play a role in the explanation at the end of the episode as to right. what happened. So Gene or sorry, no, Beast says somebody 
is hypnotizing Xavier. Yeah, and Beast is like, the professor appears to be in no physical pain, yet he's weakening steadily. Oh, also Cyclops is here, by the way. Yes, Cyclops is just standing in the background, not being helpful, because he isn't a doctor, and he shouldn't be there. Oh my god. So, So Beast is like, it's as if he had the most powerful hypnosis, his mind telling him that he's gravely hurt. And then Scott goes, are you saying that someone can manipulate Xavier's mind? He's the most powerful psychic on Earth. He is not the only one. There's Emma Frost, Jean Grey, Quentin well, Quire. Isn't Come on, on. Show, so. well, she she is, but she ran off with her D and D group. You're right, she is. Remember, you're right. So I was gonna say Xavier is moaning all the X Men's names, right? Because he thinks they're all dead, and Beast is yes, just kind of like, like, I couldn't save them. And then meanwhile, so Scott asked Jean if if he can if she can communicate telepathically with Xavier and Gene is just like honestly no I can't do it and that is gonna fucking continue for like oh, until she finally minutes. does it it's really because funny because later what? on she has a revelation where she turns and looks at the camera and smirks and she's like I know exactly what to do I should use my psychic powers and we're like that is literally what Scott has been telling him to do this whole episode Okay, it's thanks, Jane. So it really like, is. I don't know. I've tried to contact him and it just didn't work. And well, okay, but like, their version of okay. contacting Xavier in this is literally shaking his body, screaming, Charles, <laughs> Professor, wake up! Like, they're screaming in his face. And I'm, I know. And being like, I don't know. I can't get through to him. Anyway, so back <laughs> to another dream sequence inside of Xavier's head. This one is even more trippy. So, like, this Everyone's time, blue, by the way. Everyone is blue and, like, sepia tone like everybody's like part of an old faded photograph it's right except for xavier right he's in color and he's wearing his old military uniform from the korean war episodes and he can walk suddenly so like that isn't suspicious to him but whatever none of that is suspicious and he's hallucinating his mother now he is he's hallucinating his mom who we know is dead because you remember the episode where she marries that guy who's an asshole to charles yeah the juggernaut episode and she dies and everything. So she's like, Charles, you finally decided to join us. And then behind her, there's all these kids laughing and playing. And Charles is like, mother, is this a dream? How can you be here? And his mom is like, this is your home, Charles. Don't you remember? And they hug and everything. And his mom is like, now we can be together forever, which is like a creepy sentence that for some reason isn't ringing any alarm bells. In no, Charles's and this head. seems to be a quote that we're bringing up again in every episode because Cody was saying the same thing a couple episodes ago. Yeah, it's like anytime somebody says together forever, you should be worried. Yeah, you like, should be like, this is a red flag. <laughs> anyway, uh, but then don't all the X-Men show up and they're yes. they're all super hot. They're all wearing they're all tiny wearing, bathing like, suits. Yeah, like Storm taps Charles on the arm. She's wearing like a tiny yellow bikini. She looks great. And she's like, we're fine now, Professor. That life of contention and strife is behind us. Like now we don't have to be the X-Men anymore. And Scott and Logan and Logan Jubilee, they're all fucking but they're all by the poolside like drinking cups of lemonade together and then beast cannonballs I, oh, that's what it was i just assumed it was like pina coladas Cocktails. or something yeah, yeah. You're probably right i have no idea what it was um and then charles is like you're all so real how can this be so it's like on some level he knows it's not right. real but he he also kind of wants to believe it is and so then logan is like it's up to you chuck you don't have to worry about us anymore. Let it go. And then suddenly Charles is surrounded by a billion other characters like Lidlandra and Iceman and like a bunch of other people. Like, like basically, they, uh, not a bunch of, it's like Strong Guy and Havoc are there and like Polaris. I think Kitty Pride is there. There's so many characters that have not even intersected on this right? show. And I was like, yeah. wait, this is one of those <laughs> moments where nobody communicated about who knows who in this universe at this point because nobody seems to follow what's happening. So Yeah, but anyway, I, the point is supposed to be that Charles 
Charles is like being put into this safe vision that he's not going to worry about anybody anymore. The X-Men are fine. They're not in trouble, blah, blah, blah. So then we got a new scene where Charles is translucent and he's floating in the universe, which is technically the astral plane, but they're right. not going to tell us that. For no, a but that's how they time. portray but the, that's what the astral is. plane. Oftentimes they're just like, Oh, yeah. you're in space. And we're like, okay. Yeah. And so it looks like he's floating around in a bunch of galaxies, but he's translucent. So like, I don't even know how to describe that. He's just see-through. It's, it's like just it's his, like a outline white outline. His body. Yeah, and he's floating yeah. through some like beams and space. It actually looks really cool. It kind of looks does. like something you would see in a Pink Floyd music video. Yeah, or like, I don't know, He-Man or something. Yeah. I don't even know. It's, it's I have the power. And I he's, like, have the that. power. And then she rushes <laughs> up and she's like, Bitch, I do. I have the better show. Anyway, I don't know how we got there. So then the Shadow King is like, let go. The universe will be yours. <laughs> and then that's, yeah. uh, that, that's when Cyclops again is like, Gene, can't you use your psychic powers? And she's like, no. Professor. Well, she does the thing you're describing where she just starts screaming, Professor, at his <laughs> face. And it's like not working. Yeah. And then Xavier in the astral plane is like, wait a second. That sounds like Jean. But where is she? And it's Thanks, like, oh Xavier. My God, everyone on both sides of this phone call, this astral phone call is a fucking idiot. And so then Shadow King is like, ignore her. Come towards me, Charles. And Charles is like, I know you, but how? And Shadow King is like, no, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's actually pretty funny. And Charles is like, I must remember. And then we get a flashback to right. Cairo, Cairo, Egypt. Which you would not is a not know as a flashback if you didn't know the X-Men. It just kind of looks I mean, like another yeah. hallucination. But this is actually a memory. Yeah, this is a real memory. And part of how I figured it out was because we see young Storm and she's wearing the exact same little outfit, the like ripped pink dress that yeah. she wears in every flashback that she has. Right. So at least if you've seen this show before, then you're like, oh, that's Storm. Plus, it's like how many black kids with shock of white hair are you yeah, ever going to see in the world? <laughs> yeah, that's you kind true. of know it has to be Storm. But anyway, you definitely know it's her because you've seen this flashback or parts of it before. Right. So Charles is just shopping in a market. He's looking at piece of fruit and then little baby storm pickpockets his wallet and xavier runs after her and is like what the fuck and so then he sees her knocking on a door of like a restaurant and xavier runs up to her and with his telepathy he's like give me back my wallet which i think he actually controls her mind here to get her to give it back because she drops it on the ground and runs away well but also i like i don't understand why he did that so this is i like your theory a little bit more because it just like, I was like, why is Xavier using his mind to talk to Storm in that moment? He's like, he goes, in his mind, he's like, please give me back my wallet. And she, like, screams and runs away. And I'm like, why didn't she just... I think he controls her mind. I think, I, because that explains her reaction as to why she's so frightened. Yeah. Because she drops the wallet and then she, like, runs. Right. And then the Shadow King is actually inside the restaurant waiting for Storm. And he realizes that Xavier just used his powers. Right. So, so he senses that. And the Shadow King... This is not explained in the episode, but the Shadow King always wants to tune into psychic powers because it will allow him to take control of their bodies and give him more opportunities to take care of more, take control of more people because they're psychics. Right. 
So I mean that's kind of implied in the episode by the fact that they fight, but right. yeah, it's not it's not outlined specifically. So the Shadow King is like, "Well done, sir," from like inside the restaurant, like he's just telepathically communicating with Xavier yeah. in this moment. And Xavier, this is, is actually like, from the comic books, by the way. This is all yeah legit. Yeah, it's cool. And so Xavier's like, "Who are you?" And then the Shadow King in voiceover is like, "I have not met another with psychic powers such as my own. Join me at my table in the restaurant behind you." And then Xavier opens the door that Storm was knocking on, and the Shadow King's like, "That is the one." I I beg of you to sit, come in. And then Xavier enters and he sees a dude who's Amul Farouk, who is the Shadow King, sitting at a table. Yeah. And the Shadow King is like, you do not approve of the way I do business. And Xavier is like, using children to steal? No, I don't approve of that. And the Shadow King is like, that little brat thought you were human. Normally I wouldn't steal from a fellow mutant. And then he goes on and he's like, explaining how he steals from non-mutants because he's like they're hopelessly stupid creatures they deserve our most egregious exploitation and then xavier like modern xavier is like why am i reliving these memories and this is around when the audience is like oh i guess this is real <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's <laughs> like, how we know a long fucking time and then there's this weird scene <laughs> wait is this when they turn into like fucking godzilla yes. characters yes Which okay so both suddenly xavier and amal farouk are like okay we're not gonna be able to settle this rationally so they both instantly go to the astral plane it's where they, they become kaiju they just both do it they're both like astral plane time and they throw themselves in there they're giant they monsters i turn I'm into not like godzilla even exaggerating. versus mothra like they literally like manifest themselves as monsters it's really dumb honestly it's very it stupid it's really dumb and and it's something they do on the show from nighttime in the comics sometimes we're like it's like to illustrate that xavier has extreme powers in his mind he's he just can become this like massive figure or whatever in the astral plane because i preferred though, the episode that was in the savage land where sauron became godzilla that was yeah. actually really funny and he fought the fucking like <laughs> volcano dude yeah that was pretty great that I was actually great this th that. this is very boring in comparison to that but yeah, it would so it, the animation is really cool. So if you're like it tripping is, balls or high or stoned or whatever, like great. Uh, yeah, mushrooms, whatever you're into, some type of hallucinogen. Honestly, would probably <laughs> be better than weed. For I this don't know. One, maybe this would actually be it scary. Would terrify I, you? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so Xavier does a monologue over all of this to sort of remember what happened. And he goes, oh, we met 20 years ago. We fought on the astral plane where the greatest telepaths go. I battled to save Storm and all the children of Cairo from this madman. I proved to be the stronger of the two. And I've kept you there all this time using my psychic powers. But no, he hasn't. Because like earlier on in season two, Storm already fought Shadow King because he escaped. And Xavier's like, I've trapped you there all along. I'm like, dude, he's been out of whatever you've trapped him in forever ago. Because Storm, like, how did Storm not come back and report that to I Xavier? I don't know. And that's actually a really good point that didn't occur to me. So, well, like, it did to me because I, I, I wrote a note. I was like, this doesn't fucking make sense. You already storm, storm battled him already. What the fuck? Like, it's like. Yeah, like, he possessed that other kid in Africa, like, recently, semi recently. Yeah, I was like, that's not ago. that long ago. Okay. So anyway, we get a full montage of all the X-Men villains just appearing in his mind. Yes, and that's Xavier being like, I knew the human race had to be protected from powerful mutants who have merciless cruelty against humans. And then it like shows a little montage of Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister and, and Shadow and, and I, I don't think Magneto's in there, actually. No, he is, but I was like, why is he there? Well, that's not fair. No, that's how I felt, there. too. I was like, Magneto's not a bad guy. He just yeah, disagrees with Xavier. Yeah, he's not merciless towards humans, so yeah. he shouldn't even be in this category. And, and, when it comes to those two, he should instead of Magneto, Xavier should just see like a picture of himself. 
So anyway, then back to the memory, Xavier leaves the restaurant and then he sees um, young Storm peeking around the corner and she runs away and he follows her and they just don't show you what happens next. It just skips ahead to like all Xavier the X-Men founding all of the X-Men and actually gaining all of their trust and everything. Right. And they're all in their pride of the X-Men uniforms, which I thought was a fun little bonus there yeah it's actually pretty fun and there's like a ton of danger room sequences here like it's a pretty long montage it kind of felt we, like yeah we don't need to go into time. all of that and all the x-men's costumes keep changing from scene to scene which is actually kind of cool it's cool i mean it's you know the animation looks really good in this episode even though like it's basically just a recap of shit we already knew yeah pretty much and so during fine. this danger room scene all the x-men start sinking into the ground again and then shadow yeah. king's like they're all dead i just killed all of them and, and he's like, dream but, has been destroyed. There's yeah. no more X-Men. And then we see the same montage of the nightmare sequence again, where Sabretooth is overpowering Logan, Mr. Sinister's capturing Gene and Scott, Storm is like in this weird black hole box thing, and Jubilee's kidnapped. And then Shadow King is like, if you want to see your loved ones again, let go, lose yourself in me, be at peace, which is kind of weird. It's like he's just vacillating between showing the terrible nightmare world where the x-men aren't safe anymore and then showing the good world yeah then it goes back to like the med lab where cyclops is just screaming don't leave us in like xavier's (laughs) face and i was like cyclops you're not being helpful at all and meanwhile, and Xavier's trying trying to communicate with Gene. With Gene, and, and too busy. Scott's like distracting them because he's busy screaming at both of them. It's like Scott, please leave. You, you are know, not helpful. Scott like isn't emotionally capable of dealing with any of this. So Xavier is like, Gene, I'm here on the astral plane. Can't you sense me? The Shadow King has been manipulating my mind, luring me away from you. Luckily, Gene can't hear any of that. I don't <laughs> know why not, but she can't fucking hear it. And she can't. And, so, and meanwhile, the Shadow King is dressed like a medieval knight now with a yes. stupid face i know i yeah he's like turns into a lizard man at one point i'm not sure if he's a lizard i don't man even know yet, what that's about i just like ignored it and moved on <laughs> yeah it's just like a series there's of like a whole conversation here i don't know what the conversation is because my note just is i'm not even paying attention to this conversation it's because i'm sure it's not relevant it's not really i mean i would say the broad strokes of it is that the shadow king says that charles um locked him in a mind prison and he's like that innocent blow to your head weakened your hold on me permitting me to escape which is a reference to the concussion which again when was that i don't know i don't know so charles got a concussion and that somehow caused the shadow king to escape right i don't maybe the concussion happened a while ago and that was how the shadow king escaped and like went to africa for a second none of that makes sense it really doesn't i can't even think about that i have to just assume the writers forgot they even did that episode because (laughs) i mean maybe there was a concussion like season one that i don't even remember i don't think so or season two it doesn't work. So basically the shadow cane wants Xavier's body, right? So that's what yes. he says. And he's like, yes. you know, he's like, please give me permission to do that. And Xavier's response is like, I won't allow anybody else to possess my mind without my permission. And I'm like, that's <laughs> funny. You should say that Xavier. Cause you do that all the fucking time. So really who's the villain here? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to know who to root for. And so meanwhile, Gene is like, he spoke to me. He asked for help. And Beast is like, what the fuck did he say? And Gene's like, I can't really tell, but it seemed like he was having a tough time. Like, <laughs> it was like, thanks, Gene. Wait, but then meanwhile, Cyclops starts screaming he and screams. crying, and he throws himself up against the wall. He's hitting and punching the wall, being like, how can we fight something we can't even see? And I'm like, well, Cyclops, you can't even see anyway, so I don't know why you're choosing to say that right now. I wrote, it's hilarious how much Scott hates psychic powers, given that his wife has them. Like, he's like, yeah, okay, like he's got mind. a lot of problems he needs to dissect like, here. Out. Like, he's just losing his shit over 
the fact that Gene and Xavier can communicate and he can't see it or hear it. Like, that's basically what's happening here. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. But then Xavier just wakes up anyway. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Xavier's okay. And it's like blatantly not him. Wait, so that whole thing from earlier in the episode is now happening for real. Yes. Okay. So meanwhile, Xavier wakes up and it's not actually Xavier. It's the Shadow King taking over his body, first of all. They don't know that but yet, But they don't though. know that yet, except the Shadow King makes it incredibly obvious by making an actual vortex in the sky with actual lightning and now all of that is really happening well supposedly i think kind of it's all delusions like it's not really right. happening in that sense it's happening Nobody, in that, this is like if you didn't know anything about the shadow king you'd just be like what the fuck is actually happening here it's really cool to watch but it's very confusing so then it goes to the x-men that are sleeping and now now logan is like ass naked which is yes, great jubilee is sleeping great. in her bed with a giant teddy bear and then suddenly logan falls on the ground ass up like he literally falls on the ground ass up and then Sabretooth like appears out of the dark and it was like okay it was what? really funny actually because logan like flings himself at his own end table and like knocks yeah. it over and it's like logan, yeah. what is happening <laughs> and then and then jubilee wakes up and she's like is somebody there and then the sentinel's hand crashes through and grabs her and she's screaming storms in her room and then the room starts closing in on her yeah because again it's the claustrophobia thing for yeah, her yeah this is actually a great scene though because storm's like what the hell's happening and she immediately like figures it is out is like fuck she's like it's the shadow king like she's like there's because she's smart enough to look around and be like okay so logically my room's not gonna randomly cave in on me yep. something else is trying to trick me into doing this and she's already had a previous experience with the shadow king right. so storm being the only smart person on the entire fucking team of the x-men is like this isn't real yeah like immediately but she can't do anything about it she can't get out of no, the vision but... she's kind of freaking out but she's fighting her claustrophobia and her fears which is great i love storm she's such a good character i know she's the best meanwhile the mutant alarm is going off and scott is like security breach yeah and he's trying to talk to them on the community communicators and nobody's answering but then it goes to that scene where logan is naked on the ground with his legs up in the air this is one we were talking about earlier his legs are up in the air saber is basically on the floor like dry humping him and there's just going oh, oh, oh. and it goes on for like a full minute and it just switches positions and Logan's not really fighting back he's just kind of letting Sabretooth fuck the like, shit out oh, of him no my my worst fear is coming true Sabretooth having sex with me and it's like, and what is, like why I was are like, we watching this I don't know what is happening but it was I, there was no way I could read that scene and not think it was intentionally gay it was very gay yeah it, like Logan was naked okay and yeah. he's not even fighting him. They're just groaning and it moaning. It does feel like it's a lot of eye candy. Like, the number of times they animate Logan naked in this episode is like, someone was into Wolverine on the animation team. Shout it was out probably to that me. Person. I know, right? And then, it's just funny. It's like when he has this nightmare, when it starts, the first thing he does is fall out of his bed onto all fours. Like, and he just stays there until Sabretooth shows up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay you're just okay. like he, he's ready he's ready for it he yeah had to knock over his end table to get his loot right out. and so then meanwhile like they're downstairs this is like the alarms have coming from the sleeping area but there's actually no evidence of a physical intrusion there is a foreign life form they're like where is it though but then room. they turn around and like xavier's just floating there he's like ha 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 it's me and i'm like Dude, how did, like, nobody notice that? And also, Gene's a psychic and did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, Gene is... At one point, Gene just says, what's happening? And I was like, Gene, fuck off. Like, what? I know! I was what like, what the hell? What is going on with you? So, Use now- your powers. This is, like, the version of Atomica and Demon that you did, where it was, like, where the dumb so version dumb. of Gene. Yeah it's, yeah, it's basically that over and over again. It's also, like, this is post-Dark Phoenix Saga Gene. Like, why even continue to have her be alive if she's gonna be this useless? It makes I, no... It really 
really it's sense. it's but that's why I'm like it makes more sense to me that the Phoenix Force was not actually it was just her being like this is how I truly feel and then realizing that people don't like her so much if she stands up for herself she's like i'll just go back to being dumb and stupid in the background yeah but that's really sad if that, that is really sad i know anyway, anyway so, so now Sabretooth disappears and logan's like oh i was enjoying that and then the sentinel disappears <laughs> so like why does the shadow king make all the illusions go away for some reason he's like i'm gonna get rid of the illusions oh by I, the way I really i'm know. here now and they, the they all king. stop the room stops closing in on, on a storm and then jubilee goes what the fuck is going on? I, that was like honestly my favorite part of the episode. Of Jubilee just leaning up, being like, "What the hell?" Yeah, like, it's, it was just, pretty amazing. So then Scott confronts the Shadow King, who's possessed Xavier's body, and he's like, "What have you done to Xavier?" And Shadow King is like, "Only what he once did to me. For more than twenty years, I was exiled in a cold, formless prison. Today, I repaid the favor to the man who put me there." Yeah, and like Cyclops is like, "I don't know who you are." And then this is also my other favorite part is when Logan and Jubilee come running to the room in their pajamas, and they're like, "Oh my god, we." had nightmares like somebody please hold us like they came in like running like little kids and they're like daddy xavier we had nightmares can we sleep with you tonight like <laughs> and then storm walks in and she's like those weren't nightmares it's the shadow king attacking she, she like calmly walks in she's like actually this is a real problem guys and yeah, they're like and the oh. shadow king is like oh it's storm little aurora how i've missed you and then we see the vortex outside it's a cool shot and yeah it starts creating an earthquake in which gene reacts by going Oh, and I was like, why is Jean doing that right now? She's the only one. <laughs> and so then Jean is like, it's only one of his illusions. And then Shadow King is like, it'll do you no good to contact Xavier now, Jean. He's mine. And then Jean just goes, I know what to do. And that's what she this like, is, yeah, this is when she turns camera. to the camera and smirks. She's like, I have a great idea. I'm going to use my psychic powers. And everyone's like, good, thank you. We waited 20 minutes for you to do that, Jean. So in the astral plane, Xavier's like inside this gold box, which I guess is his prison that he's just smashing on the window and he's like, help. And yeah. Jean- and the, the prison looks like it's made out of flesh. It was just kind of freaky. It is freaky. So Jean becomes astral as well. And she goes off and finds him and breaks open the prison. And Xavier's like, if we fail, we'll both be stranded here. And Jean's like, I won't fail. And don't worry. She's going to be useless for the entire rest of the fucking episode. Uh, yeah. I don't really know why she went up there, but then meanwhile, Logan's downstairs. She's like, well, what if I just kill Xavier? And I'm like, go for it, Logan. <laughs> please do and then beast is like if you kill the shadow king you will kill xavier and i'm like that's not so bad yeah (laughs) and then the shadow king is like the ultimate protection gentleman a beloved hostage that never leaves my side which is like yeah he did do a good thing here by possessing xavier because he knows they're not gonna fucking kill that guy i mean is that good i don't really fucking know kill xavier but i shadow king knows they're too stupid to do that so he's like ha 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 so then gene and xavier are still on the astral plane they break xavier out of prison and And then beast is like it's up to genie and the professor to fight on the astral plane i can't describe any of this battle you can try if you want but like really honestly this they just float around in they like around. just like lsd trip for five minutes like maybe fighting each other at some point they have lightsabers you know there's yeah. like a fucking like uh, tornado that's sucking there a, everybody there in a tornado so like they the shadow king monologues for a really long time about how they're going to be frozen forever in emptiness and like, it, nobody cares like nobody shut up shadow cares. King. they make lightsabers gene makes a chains and like tries to trap the shadow king with it and then he like electrocutes her they literally make lightsabers and by the way we're not just saying hey, that. oh yeah and also that whole thing where she he's in chains he gets free and then gene moans sexually again yeah yeah and then somebody makes a tornado i guess xavier does and is like such 
sucking the Shadow King into the tornado. Yeah, and then, but he's grabbing out to Jean, Jean who's grabbing out to Jean's Xavier. Leg, and Xavier's like trying to pull her out of the tornado and they manage to do it and the Shadow King gets sucked back into the vortex and that's Okay, but it. then I, okay, really this weird situation happens where I, I swear to God, Xavier and Jean then fuck on the astral plane like that's kind of what it seems like to me yeah, it's very both, weird like, heave a weird sigh together and it's very like now we're together and like throughout the entire fight xavier keeps being like stay with me gene we can do this together and it was like kind of romantic in a way that i hated and found really gross. well but i mean there's that you know when he becomes onslaught he admits to, to wanting being to fuck gene and it's yeah. like really fucked up yeah. and that's kind of I what i got about, here i was thinking about that too especially during this fight scene where i was just like i don't like this anyway they go back home the vortex disappears from above the x mansion everybody wakes up for some reason now they're all outside which like i don't, I don't know, know i why. don't know why they're out there but also beast's animation makes him look crazy here <laughs> like his eyes are moving like they're just getting bigger and bigger for some reason and i was like what is happening? He looks Beast terrifying. Is really high. Like everybody's really uh, yeah. high for this. I mean, part. everybody's really high. It turns out the Shadow King didn't exist, and they all just took some bad drugs, and that's all that happened. <laughs> I mean, that would be a much funnier ending to this episode. <laughs> it may as well be what happened. So Xavier's actually in his chair outside, which I guess they just put him in the chair. Like I literally can't explain I, I, this. Who but brought it out outside. there? Whatever. And they just brought it out there, and so then Xavier's like. I can hardly believe it. I think we're home. And Beast is like, excellent news. And I'm like, you were home all along, Xavier. Like, what the fuck are you even saying? And so then Scott is holding Jean in like a princess carry. And she yeah. comes to. And sh- and she's like, ah. And then Scott is like, that's right, sweetheart. I've got you. Everybody's safe. And Logan just says, I'd sure like to know what the heck just happened. Which I, I know. I think Xavier's like, it was the Shadow King. I need to keep it in a prison on the astral plane. Thankfully, it reminded me that why I formed the X Men. I live for the X Men, and Logan's just like I'm fucking bored. And then it like cuts to credits. <laughs> yeah, like Xavier does this whole fucking monologue where he's like, "It's actually a good thing that the Shadow King possessed my mind and my body and terrified." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like a, a crazy thing to say, Xavier. Like I know I believe in the Zen yoga stuff that I practice, where it's like find positivity and everything. But, but like okay. this is extreme. Okay. He's like. It, he says he forced me to think through why I formed the X-Men and why we fight for our ideals and each other. In short, why I live. And for that, I will always be grateful, which is like, fuck off. Uh, like, no, it's really okay. But that actually would make sense if they explain the canon behind that, but they don't in this episode. So I, the whole reason why Xavier decides to form the X-Men in the first place is because he has that encounter with the Shadow King and he's like, oh, evil mutants could exist. We should like prepare for that. And that's why he formed the X-Men. But it's not explained in the episode <laughs> i mean it almost is in that little montage where but they do i mean i really feel like that they could have like that i don't they know like it's just there's it. like a line missing here that i think would have explained the entire fucking episode but it's like that line is not there so nobody knows right i mean i guess we can transition over to politics mostly my reaction to that is that even Xavier himself is basically just doing the exact same thing the Shadow King did. He's also using children to fight his own battles for like his own ends. Like Again. he's also kidnapping basically a bunch of vulnerable children who are rejected by society. It's just that he thinks he's doing it for good. And the Shadow King was doing it to steal people's wallets, which is bad. But like, Xavier is not really that much better of a guy, even according to the logic of this episode. And also his whole thing is like, he's going to kidnap the Shadow King and just take that burden on completely by himself as opposed to 
couldn't he have just killed the Shadow King? Like, why? I don't know. It's it's very strange that he chooses to do that. Like, and it's kind of like is Xavier's own choices coming back to haunt him, which right. is sort of interesting because it's like because of Xavier's choices, now everybody else has to deal with these like insane nightmares for a day and just like be like, okay, I guess because Xavier got into a fight with a psychic years ago, he's gonna come back and attack us, and that's right. just like a hazard of hanging out with Xavier, is that sometimes that happens. And like I kind of feel for Xavier because like what else was he gonna do? He did need to like get rid of the But well, I don't think somehow. Xavier knew what to do. I mean right. Right. This is before it's even revealed that the Shadow King isn't even a mutant. He's just sort of like this being that exists on the astral plane, you know? Right. I mean, according to this show, he may, he's just a mutant. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it would be too complicated to explain that he's some sort of like weird demon, you know? Yeah. And there's, the, I mean, I guess this show has magic sometimes, which interestingly enough, the next episode we're going to watch is Family Ties, which has Scarlet Witch in it, I believe. So like... We'll see how they handle magic on this show, I guess. I can't remember. That, that episode is fucking crazy, too. So I, I feel like we just fell into this like whole of batshit insane episodes of X-Men the Animated Series. We have and definitely just, fallen into that hole. And they're all really horny for some reason. <laughs> so. I know, I know. I Anyway, I, I just... I didn't hate this episode as much as I thought I would because I was like, oh, this is going to be a Xavier episode. Oh, yeah, I episode. thought so, too. I thought that was going to be, like, the Xavier origin story, but then I realized we kind of already had that we with the Juggernaut. We have had that, like, six different times. We've gotten to see Xavier, like, riding on a horse by himself, like, manipulating people. <laughs> My favorite memory of Xavier, him riding on a yeah, horse. Yeah, and, you know, this episode was pretty cool. I liked the Storm stuff. I, I enjoyed that. It wasn't really most of the episode. Like, I, no. I didn't like how Jean was fucking useless the entire time. I didn't like that either. I would have liked know, if Storm could could have fought the shadow king somehow but that isn't really the kind of episode that we're in and no because it was kind of focused on the astral plane i know and it it, i don't like this idea that gene is only powerful if it's perpetuated by somebody else again that seems to be a problem this show has in which it's like because in the comics yeah that is kind of how it started with gene but gene also stood up for herself she had a personality she's like a vapid fuck on the show and it's just i'm getting sick of seeing gene gray who's one of the most powerful mutants in the marvel comic universe to be like on this show kind of be like oh i don't have I, i'm useless unless i am and just yelling like what's happening i don't know oh no i, I don't yeah know i know it's, it's just it's like, a very what? weird and, th- and then it ends with scott holding her like yes. she's the damsel in distress and i'm like cyclops didn't do anything in this episode gene did he didn't do anything i did if, if if gene hadn't gone in there and saved xavier all the x-men would have been fucked yeah. so honestly gene saved everybody she you know did, what i mean except that the episode acts like she didn't it's like right it's very it, strange they make her look stupid and they make her look like well, I mean, she is stupid. She just is stupid on the show. I hate it. I, I don't. Hate- I don't know why, unless she's the Dark Phoenix. So yeah, I know. I miss those episodes. And I. Me I, too. That I, was a good time. I, I honest. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I really wish they'd just killed Jean off if this was where they were going to go with her character. Well, because she was supposed to die in the comic. She dies in the she comics. Does, like, but they, they didn't know just- what to do with her. So they're like, let's make her make you even more stupid in the background. Okay. Also, I mean, I think you have a solid point here, talking about Xavier. This is almost not even about the Shadow King existing so much as like Xavier reflecting on his past choices and being like, did I make the right choice by yeah. forming the X-Men? You know, is it my is it the right choice to take children and teenagers who are mutants and turn them into soldiers to fight and put their lives on the line all the time? Yeah. Or am I saving them from a, a worse life where if I don't train them to do that, will they be like Storm, who's just a, a thief on the right. on, in Cairo working for a really evil person? You could look at Storm's situation and be like, yeah, it's a good thing she met xavier he helped her but 
I don't know. I feel like the other side of that is like, who knows what would have happened if she hadn't met Xavier? Maybe she would have met somebody else. Maybe she would have figured things out on her own. We don't know. And like Xavier kind right. of made that choice for her, which... Right, and this whole episode is focused on Xavier seeing himself as a savior yes. to mutant kind, which is a very... It's like, you It's you have to... It's, you can't look at that. And when you dissect it, it's, it's somebody sitting there being like, I am so important and so good at what I do that I'm saving everybody by like... By essentially manipulating them, yes. which is like, you know, and that's that's kind of the vibe I got from Xavier in this. Or I was like, I'm like, OK, I, it, it's almost an episode about Xavier identifying that what he does is, is not similar great. to the Shadow King on some level. Yeah, but then he it's like it. he's like, oh, I'm also evil like the Shadow King because I'm locking him away because he's too evil. Yes. Like what makes him different from the Shadow King Nothing, using his powers Xavier to control people has evil impulses. Remember how Xavier has evil impulses that he's also locked away inside of his own brain? Like, that's yeah, I agree. And that happens. That, remember that episode where yeah. he was like, he's like, oh, it's just that part of all of our brains that is just inherently wants to kill all of your friends and family. And I'm like, I don't have that in my brain, Xavier, but thanks. Yeah. I don't you know. know, and like the fact that the X Men are suffering once again because of Xavier's choices, and then he ends the episode by being like, "It's okay. I'm actually grateful that all of this happened." And it's like, dude, you just put everybody through the most stressful 24 hours. Like, <laughs> can it wasn't even like that. It was like two beat? hours. Yeah, but it's like, why? Why did this happen? I don't know. It's, it's I don't know, and it's I I do I do like watching them draw the comparisons between like I I think it's almost a well done episode in the sense mm-hmm. that it could draw the comparisons between xavier and shadow king and be like again like you know who is this thing for evil am i that much different from the shadow king yeah you know sometimes he sits there and he compares himself to magneto and he just sees magneto as in the wrong for taking a different perspective right but here's a shadow king who's also collecting mutants and trying to sort of psychically manipulate them to, to do what ends. he yeah right to do what he thinks is the better good but like you know, there there is that moment in here where he's like, I won't let you take possession of my body without my permission. And I'm sitting there being like, Xavier, you do that all the time, which is why I'm like, this was almost a good episode where Xavier sits there and reflects on that. But then he does it. He's like, thankfully, the Shadow King possessed me to remind me that I'm just really great. <laughs> yeah, it's, I you know, know, it's interesting. I mean, I would still say that I recommend the episode. I guess we can rate the episode next. I... I enjoyed watching it largely. I guess I'll give it like a 3.5. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good, I can do a 3.5 out of 5Xs. And I think... I wouldn't say it's quite a 4 because it's not quite good enough for that. But it's, right. it's, it's above like middle of the road, which is a 3. So and it's not necessary to any kind of plot it's not, device. But I really liked the animation. I, I really enjoyed watching it from that perspective. I, I want to go back and watch it tonight, but like stoned yeah i i i thought the animation was really cool even though like it also made no sense at parts but i just largely enjoyed that aspect of it i just the story didn't fully i feel like it it needed just a little more writing like just a little more dialogue to like flesh out some of those scenes and it didn't need that much more like just a couple more lines would have been enough to take it to the next level but oh well or also gene needed to not be as stupid so that would have helped (laughs) okay yeah i agree with that if Jean had figured out what was going on sooner, 
I think that would have helped the episode because then Xavier could have been explaining to Jean, like in the astral plane throughout the episode, like the situation. And that could have been cool. Like, why not have that be what it is and have Jean be like questioning it and being like, why do we have to fight this guy? And like, I don't know. I think that could have been really interesting um, and helped add in more moments where Xavier was like reflecting. You know, sometimes I sit there and fantasize about this idea of like, Hey, what if they remade all the episodes of X-Men, the animated series, but like added more plot beats and stuff there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And just like polished them up a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I was like, and that would be one way to do is give Gene a bigger role and also have Xavier sit there and reflect on his past choices. This show is not bad. I'm not saying that all because that first season, the first season is really, really, really good i mean uh, the second like season the second is also season really too. good like there's there's some cool shit in there and also we like dark phoenix and phoenix saga season four is just when it starts falling apart now funny enough i was looking into a little bit more this past week and it really turned out that fox was like you can't do any more two-parter episodes because mm-hmm. they were running into this issue that things weren't done in time for air dates so a lot of times they would release part two of an episode before part one which is why they installed previously on the x-men it was to explain why like what was happening because people would sit there and be like oh did i miss uh, an episode but no it's just they got all aired way out of order which is like which is why previously on the x-men even exists in the first place so by the time they got to season four they said no more two-parters which is why we're getting all these like one-shot episodes that are essentially about nothing because they can't really like dive in there and tell the x-men story super fast because they're already doing that and it's like going super fast when there's three episodes dedicated to that. So I think the team was like, okay, well, what do we do? And yeah. so instead we have like Cyclops going to Westworld or Xavier battling the Shadow Kate or Logan going to a version of Japan that like is from no none of the comic books, you know? Yeah. So that is kind of the situation that we're now in and gets even worse going into season five. And honestly, I feel bad for the production team because it, they wanted to tell a riveting story that was and like an overarching story like right and like had a lot of politics and layers in it and like it just really hadn't been done before uh you know even with batman the animated series they hadn't really done that and i yeah. think gargoyles came the closest to telling sort of a consecutive storyline you yeah, know and i mean even gargoyles had its its fair share of one shots i mean we've talked on the show before about how television was just different back then and like episodes would air out of order sometimes and like or they just yeah. pick random episodes and be like these are going to be reruns and like that was how people watched it so the fact that they wanted to do these multi-part episodes like I don't know. That's more of a modern thing to have like right. Netflix I know, or, and honestly, X Men: The Animated Series was ahead of the curve trying to do that because we really didn't see that. I think that would be way better if we were to have an X Men show now that where you could binge an entire first season or something like that. Like that would be a really. Well, Wolverine good and the X Men is kind of like that. The Wolverine and the X Men is like ten different plots that are all happening at the same time over the course of 25 episodes that you know that'll be fun to watch although the next thing we're doing after this is x-men evolution but which i'm excited about I am excited everyone about it too it's gonna be really fun but first we have to watch season five and before that we have to watch family ties which i believe is our last season four episode before we head into season five so right that'll be fun uh so do you want to <laughs> hop into who's that x-men yeah let's do it who's that x-men all right so today we are talking about the shadow king because i sat there i'm like do i want to talk about xavier or the shadow king and it's like well we know the answer to that because i haven't we done xavier before or are we nope just never i keep on finding reasons not to cover it <laughs> like there have been episodes about xavier i'm like we're gonna do the juggernaut instead because he was there you know <laughs> 
Okay, we're never going to do okay, Xavier can we, at this Can rate. we talk about how in season one that episode with Colossus was there? And Maddie, you were like, are you going to do a spotlight on Juggernaut? I'm like, nope, because the Juggernaut comes back later. And if you can do, a, do Colossus now and do Juggernaut later, that means I don't need to do Xavier. So I'm just coming up with reasons not to cover Xavier's stupidly long extensive plot like he he's like Wolverine where it goes on forever but it's fucking annoying and I just like it's like long shot and fucking Wolverine where they're like having yeah, amnesia so everything yeah. restarts 50 times but instead of that it's like the use of his, his fucking legs, legs. Yeah. I know I just all right anyway or whichever ex he's fucking at the time it's yes. like, I don't I don't care which many and then you have to look at like the future of how many times Xavier went evil and tried to kill the X-Men. Yeah, which is like a billion times. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so that's how we're we're talking about. Today we are talking about the Shadow Queen, who you may know from a little show called Legion. Right. And they actually did him pretty well on there, too. Uh, I mean, it was a very different take on him, but I thought it still captured the essence and character of the Shadow Queen. I thought Legion in general, while it didn't connect to any of the X-Men stuff, kind of was one of the better X-Men universe TV shows out there. Like yeah, it just kind of got really the cool. weirdness. I never actually watched that final season. I kept meaning to, but I there's really only liked, like two seasons. I, really I think the so. first season of it and I yeah. watch it. So anyway, I really like the shadow cane. I like stories involving the shadow cane. They've not been so good on the last couple runs. They've had him, but I can also say like the runs from like 2007, 2015 of the X-Men have been bad and have only recently gone back on track, which again has to do with the whole battle of Marvel versus Fox. And once when they bought those properties, the comics immediately got better. So, mm-hmm. you which know, is sad in and of itself that that was what, yeah, I know that, it really but... is. And also, I'm going to talk about really quickly that whenever the Shadow King possesses people, they have to get like into bondage, hot, sexy clothing. Like that is a thing, <laughs> okay. which explains why in Xavier's memory, all the X Men were just like hot and naked. Like that is something the Shadow King does because he's all like, "Well, I'll just make them all be hot and sexy for me while I sit here and indulge on eating as much food as possible and ruining the body that I'm in." You know, the Shadow King doesn't give a shit. He's not. He's an, he's an ethereal being. Mm-hmm. So his abilities include telepathy, possession, and immortality. And we don't really know much about him. He's kind of like an ethereal demon. Like, he's energy, basically, you know? Right. Uh, he was created by Chris Claremont and Josh Byrne. He first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 117. Um, so he first appeared as a telepathic mutant, Amal Farouk, uh, who we saw in this episode. And he is revealed to be an entity of the astral plane since the dawn of humanity. So... That is fun. Uh, he's an ethereal demon enslaving bodies and telepaths and psychics because he wants to use their powers to enslave others so he can just continue taking over everyone and make them do whatever he wants, like a puppeteer and just basically wants massive world domination. Right. Most of the Shadow King's hosts become morbidly obese because he just doesn't take care of the bodies. He eats whatever he wants. He fucks whatever he wants. Like, he doesn't care if they get covered in diseases. He doesn't care. It's not his body. You know, he could just hop into somebody else's. So, when we really first see him in the comic books, we see him as Farouk, which is... Is it Farouk or Farouk? I don't know. Farouk? I, I don't know. I thought it was Farouk, so I don't know anything. Farouk? Also, we'll just say Farouk. <laughs> so, as Farouk, he became a crime lord in Egypt, controlling the Cairo's thieves' quarters, where Xavier was pickpocketed by the young Aurora Monroe. After Xavier stopped her, he was struck by a bolt of psionic energy, and he goes into a nearby tavern and sits at different tables from Farouk, where he and the Shadow King have a telepathic conversation. That's we all just interesting. saw interesting, yeah, because they also even sit at different tables in the episode, which is kind oh, of like yeah. weird. Well, but in this, they didn't have the psychic conversation, because I think that would have been too confusing on the TV show. And the episode itself was already confusing as is. I don't think they, they just had them talk like normal people at that point. Right. 
Um, he tried to persuade Xavier to join his criminal activities, but when Xavier rejected that, Xavier and the Shadow King went into the astral plane and had a fight. That is what was depicted in that weird Godzilla fight earlier. Right. Um, Xavier defeated the Shadow King with a fatal psionic attack. This was Xavier's first encounter with somebody he thought was an evil mutant. Uh, he didn't realize at the time that he was an ethereal being, but at the time, that's what he thought, which right. led him to the formation of the X-Men so he could fight evil mutants from you know, re- like hurting mutant kinds chances to exist in yeah, humanity. And they have that line in this up, which I think is almost that, although it's not as clear as it could be, but yeah. Um, I just want to say there's also like a side story in Excalibur where Kitty and Rachel Summers go back in time and encounter the shadow cane as a mall Faroque in the 1930s and of some time travel bullshit. And I, I just don't care about that. Excalibur was not very good. It had some really interesting ideas, and some people really love Excalibur. I just like personally could not get into it. I liked the characters they added. It was just like it was just like two fucking like nineties nut- nuttiness happening there. <laughs> so the second time we really see uh Shadow Cane isn't in as in another major plot point where during the new mutants, Karma is believed to die an explosion of one of Viper's hideouts, but she's actually secretly possessed by the Shadow Cane. Uh, controlling karma, he rebuilds his worldwide empire controls and controls the gladiators, which he uses to abduct Magma and Sunspot from the New Mutants to fight each other until they are rescued by their fellow mutants. Karma was also, again, made super abuse by the Shadow King. That's like such a weird thing that they do that. I, you know, I agree. And it's also like that in Legion, they did that also with I that know, character. I don't know why. I don't, I'm like thinking about that and how much people like hate fat people. And like, I, well, that's what I looked at that too. And I reviewed that and I was like, is that what's even happening here? I because think, I know I that's what they're doing with the blog. Because I think what they're doing is they're like, the scariest possible thing that could happen to you would be that you became fat. And that's what's so scary about this character. Like, I, well, I think, I think, I think it's it more like, that. yes, I agree with that. But I also feel like the idea that this uh, demon could possess your body and just and change destroy way, your yeah. body, that like, in scary. ways. Like, and I mean, I guess it's also like the fear of getting like a sudden illness that changes yeah, your that's body. That's what I mean. I would say, for me, I wasn't thinking so much about fat phobia so much as I was thinking about like STDs. Right. Or, or like cancer or drugs or like any, yeah like yeah, drugs or, you know? or just other situations where you lose control of your body i mean it's a body horror thing and that's really um, what it so is there's, there's a few different layers to it but yeah anyway continue oh, okay so the nubians follow karma to Magipur with storm where they fight their teammates who are possessed by karma and the shadow cane until magic realizes that the shadow cane is controlling everyone and attacks him karma then destroys his astral form on the astral plane and we think he's dead until Later on, he resurfaces in the FBI FBI agent Jacob Rice or Reese. I don't know. It's a weird. It's R E I S Z Reese's pieces. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He tries to take back control of Storm during that time, but Ford uses meditation to enter the astral plane, which costs him his cybernetic arm to try and save Storm. Uh, and then during all that whole thing, the Shadow Kane has Storm kill somebody to frame her because he's possessing her body. Legion at the time uses Cerebro to find Storm, and then the Shadow Kane possesses him. And then by proxy, Moria McTiger and Valerie Cooper, because they're just all fucking hanging out on Weir Island, which is like another very famous Shadow Kane story when Shadow Kane takes over everybody at Muir Island and just makes them super fucking hot and yeah, evil. Like this is that is Moira like, wears that crazy outfit, right? I mean, I yeah, I love it. I just like they show up at some point. The X Men are like all the X Men are just standing here on like thongs and yeah, like bondage like leather gear, bustiers and stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of love that about the X Men. It's like once when you go evil, you have You're to kind of sexy. Kinda, it's yeah. like they're they're already sexy anyway, but you get to be different goth sexy. You get to be goth sexy. <laughs> I love it. So, so the Shadow King sets a 
Uh, sorry, the Shadow King sets a trap to try and capture Storm again, and Storm and Gambit work together to fight him. He also sends Carol Danvers to the Savage Land to fight Rogue, but she is defeated by Magneto. The Shadow King, while he is there, also takes over Polaris to use her as like her, like um his nexus to connect her, connect her or himself into other people. Okay. So then she, I think she also goes to Muir Island. I don't remember if she was still in the Savage Land. That was during a really weird period of time. Like, where there was, like, evil Polaris, like, flying around also, and Rogue was, like, fucking Magneto in the Savage Land. Right, okay. It's a, it's a weird time, but it's also a good story, so whatever. So, Jean Grey tries to access the Astral Plane with Cerebro, but the Shadow King overrode Cerebro's defenses and turns her into the Shadow Queen, so she goes evil. Uh, Psylocke then tries to using her Psyblade on him, but instead frees Jean, Jean not hurting the Shadow King. Uh, his control over Weir Island is uncovered when Xavier probes a Colossus's mind because Colossus comes in and tries to kill Xavier, which I wish they had just let him do that. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> then the X-Men all go to Muir Island to stop the Shadow King where they have to fight everyone possessed on Muir Island, which is a very video game setup, honestly. Like, you know, when you get to the end level, then suddenly you have to fight all your, like, teammates who are now possessed by, like, whoever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, like, the Ravages of the Apocalypse that we just played where you suddenly have to fight all the X-Men. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. like that. <laughs> right. There's, like, a whole side plot during that, too, where, like, Mystique, I think, is being chased by Valerie Cooper, who's possessed and trying to kill her. I don't... There's so much possession happening. So, anyway... Mystique shows up and she shoots Jacob in the head, the FBI agent, which releases the Shadow Kane, who jumps into Legion's body, which is why there's a whole show dedicated to Legion where Shadow Kane is his enemy. Right. And he orders the body, he orders like all the enslaved people to go underground because he's going to use Legion's powers to just like destroy the surface of Muir Island, which he starts to do. And Jean protects the X Men and everybody with her telekinesis and telepathy. Uh, Xavier and Jean go to the astral plane to fight the Shadow King. Uh, Forge uses Psylocke's blade on Polaris to break her free of the Shadow King's nexus on her, and he loses control over everybody. So Xavier offers the Shadow King in that moment to redeem himself, but you know the Shadow King's like, "No, I'm fucking evil, so I'll stay in, in this void that you know you put me in," and it leaves Legion in a coma. And then much later, after the onslaught incident, you know where Xavier goes evil, this mm-hmm. allows the shadow king to return to the physic world and take over the african tribe who worshiped storm uh he attacks one of her relatives so Psylocke and storm go to the astral plane to fight him uh he tries to convince Psylocke that she is just useless and like a jean gray knockoff and storm is just busy being buried under the bones of all of her dead friends <laughs> so did that plotline happen before the show did the episode where storm goes to africa it was around or? the same time i think and huh. i think that i think the show did pull from that yeah i was just curious because they're kind of yeah. similar anyway continue. because instead like rogue went with her on the tv show right right um, exactly side like tries to attack him with the side blade but like hits one of the villagers and which causes everybody on the planet to like experience deja vu nightmares migraines and nosebleeds this guy is fucking powerful he it's like they can't actually kill him they still haven't killed him they just keep on putting him away well, and hoping like, like an entity so so it's like, what are you going to do? You got Right, just- which is actually kind of a terrifying villain. It is. So all the psychics on the Earth are like devastated. They get knocked out. Uh, and then he reveals that he's the Shadow King once again. With all the psychics cripples, he decides it's time to corrupt mankind once again. He's really fixated on this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he teleports Psylocke away to die, but the Crimson Dawn saves her. By the way, that's like that marking on her face, a big red thing. Um, Psylocke comes back and pretends to be tempted to become by the Shadow King because the Shadow King is like, oh, you know, it's kind of cool that you survived. You want to like stand by me? But she's only pretending to do that so Storm can like free the X-Men in the background. Mm. When the Shadow King sees this, he stretches his mind to affect every person on Earth. Psylocke manages to trap the Shadow King within her shadow powers, but it means that she cannot 
use her powers anymore because she has to use that all the time to keep him imprisoned that's like a big plot point for Psylocke I also it's like I feel like Psylocke is just a really interesting character and like you know I feel like she endures a lot of fucking bullshit in order to keep everybody else's shit in order you know (laughs) yeah it seems like that is the plight of many psychic characters is like having to endure other people's bullshit in order to like either keep your own shit together or other people's shit together I agree and the Shadow King clearly like represents that because it's like, oh yeah totally he's like, I, like I think the Shadow King's incarnate like, right like I think the Shadow King's actually a really great metaphor to put into a lot of these stories and for the most part they do a really good job with that but only I think in recent comics it's I feel like the newer generation has not or the sort of the newer generation of writers have not really understood what Chris Claremont was I mean, going for with the Shadow King in the eighties like Legion is interesting because it does navigate I, well i think legion did so but that's not one of the comic books that's a tv show right, so right no i know i just mean like at least popular you know popular media is adapting the shadow king in a modern yeah format i totally agree to something with that. people can understand even if the comics suck yeah. during that time period no i totally agree uh so later the shadow king tries to free himself by convincing Psylocke to help warren uh be rid of his death persona which <laughs> typical warren yeah uh but warren mysteriously appears in her mind and stops the shadow king from setting her free or setting himself free um, the Shadow King is eventually released in Extreme X-Men when Psylocke is killed in combat by Vargas. Um, he then possesses the Reavers to attack the X-Men, but Rogue uses her memories and Sage's mind to attack the Shadow King, and they bind his core as Psylocke had done. Don't ask how. That particular <laughs> story didn't make a lot of sense, even when I read it. Um, after the events of House of M, the Shadow King is released from his prison and is able to escape to an, al- to an alternate reality where he possesses their version of a professor x and corrupts the x-men who he calls the dark x-men and becomes evil professor xavier which i would argue he's already evil so they just let him be himself yeah so he makes them kill all the heroes in that world because that's how terrifying the x-men are if they actually use their powers for evil yeah like i mean there's more of them than the avengers you know Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're more powerful than the avengers and after you know scarlet witch decimation wave allowed him to come back to the reality uh, he comes over to get revenge on everyone who crossed him, and he brings the Dark X-Men and, like, the evil Xavier with them. He tries to kill Captain Britain, but is defeated when Psylocke has been revived by Jamie Braddock, because Psylocke, of course, was going to come back. We knew she wasn't going to be dead for good. Uh, and the Dark X-Men try to free Xavier from his prison with the help of this character, Lionheart, who seals the Shadow King in the Dark Xavier's body, and then they kill that version of Xavier, which sends the Shadow King back into the astral plane. That seems to be the only way they can deal with him, is like, okay, let's kill him in the bodies that he's in, and hopefully right. he will go away for a while, or we trap him by with a psychic. It really kind of sucks. And I, this is a plot that has been done again and again in other series and other shows, you know, just, you know, there is a character too strong that, like, literally, they have to be tethered to a person in order to like keep them from going crazy yeah i think they fucking even did it on supernatural like that's how much of a trope that is you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. it's a good trope though i mean i get why people keep reusing it it's like a fun thing to play with um so the shadow king appears in wakanda where he kills the kills a priest and the new x-men member gentle who just had joined at the time uh he controls black panther to confront storm and tries to attack her he forces he also forces Cyclops to attack Emma Frost and the X-Men while the Black Panther is running around like wrecking havoc in Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. So Storm goes to the X-Men in California to attack Cyclops because Shadow Queen is using Cyclops as his main host. He's kind of taking over all the X-Men all that and at that point, and Storm is just like, let me quickly electrocute Cy- Cyclops to bring him back to his senses. 
This actually stops Cyclops' heart momentarily, which makes the Shadow King think that Cyclops is dying, and he leaps out of Cyclops and into Storm, which is a trap because it turns out that Storm had made a deal with Bast, the Panther God, to take over her mind and body. And once when the Shadow King is in there, the God devours the Shadow King. Nice. Which is actually really cool. I fucking love you, Storm. You're smart. Uh, <laughs> the Shadow King's Nexus survives all this, and he takes over everyone at a nuclear facility, which is going to send missiles at the X-Men's uh, like safe haven, the muti- like Utopia. Uh, another weird, stupid plot time. I didn't like that one. Uh, the X-Force go to the islands to stop a nuclear war. Uh, Shadow King knows Betsy's mind like an open book, so he's like, there's nothing you can do that, like, there, like I can get inside your head. There's nothing, like, you can't stop me at this point because I know everything about you and everything inside your brain. Mm-hmm. So Archangel cuts off the Shadow King's head, which somehow erases Betsy's memories, which allows Betsy to sort of, like, that makes take no over the... Sense. Sh- <laughs> no, it doesn't, because I, I, at the time, I was like, well, how does she remember how to stop him? And also, how does she get the memories back? Because she gets them back pretty quickly. So, I don't know. It was just, like, a very bad plot point. Yeah. And this is what I mean was, like, it's like, you know, that time era from, like, 2007, 2007 to 2015 just had a lot of bad writers on the X-Men. Or not, okay, that's not fair to the writers. The X-Men, did, the writers did a good job. They just weren't allowed enough creative movement, I think. Yeah, so, maybe, yeah. So, the Shadow King repossesses Farouk. And he joins the D- Dakin's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, where they try to use the Shadow Cane to take over uh, Evan's body, which is Apocalypse's like clone or son or whatever early on so, Apocalypse. Um, and they're like, "Oh, and we'll use him to destroy the Jean Grey School for Higher, higher Learning." But the Psylocke shows up again. She traps the Shadow Cane in Omega White's body and and trusts that being with her brother Captain Britain, where they like bury him underneath the earth. And uh, at some point, like, he gets free from that and, like, Nightcrawler's there and they fire battle pirates. I fucking hated that story, too. It was stupid. <laughs> because then he just gets put back in the ground again. We're like, okay, that was, like, a waste of time. Uh, so then the Shadow King turns out to still be alive on the Astral Plane. Oh, God. In parentheses, still, he's still alive. And he tries to attack all the psychics in the on Earth and starting with Psylocke. And Psylocke brings all the X-Men to the Astral Plane where they are unaware of the Shadow King has like now morphed into like a half spider being, which I, at the time, I was like, it doesn't make any sense to me that they would go into the Astral Plane and be like, we didn't expect the Shadow King to look like this because he doesn't look like anything to begin with. So it just doesn't make any fucking sense. So he had turned into this half spider thing and is then imprisoned on the Astral Forum by Professor Xavier. Uh, so there's this whole thing where we, they thought Xavier was dead for a while and they wish they just kept him dead. And during that time, Shadow King like fucks with all the X-Men's memories until old man Logan like remembers everything. He's like, the Shadow King's affecting our memories. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so Shadow King's quickly like, well, I'm going to affect everybody in London with a psychic infection. And Xavier, who's still alive and going by X, somehow uses, I think, Proteus to control the psychic infection, if I remember correctly. He convinces Psylocke to create a psychic network to fight everybody in the Shadow King, and so, like, the psychics defeat that, but in order to, like, keep the Shadow King from infecting everybody again, Xavier then quickly erases everybody's memories except for Psylocke's, and he's like, just so you know, don't let anybody know I'm alive, and also that I'm trapping the Shadow King, like, inside me right now, and, like, don't worry about it, I'm just gonna, like, erase everybody's memories again. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know how that's getting resolved because since then Xavier's come back to life and he's like running around on um Krakoa. Yeah. So I don't know if that's still relevant or if they'll come back to that. But I told you those last few plots of the Shadow King were just not very good. And I feel like the writers just didn't know what to do with him or Marvel was like, 
here, you have to write a story about the Shadow King. And they're like, dude, the Shadow King's like done. Like, there's nothing else we can do here, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's complicated. But that is the Shadow King. 20 minutes later. Great. <laughs> I like how you were like, Xavier would be too long and complicated. And then the Shadow King was like 600 different examples of like But him the Shadow King's at least fucking. Yeah, no, I know. No. At least he's a cool character. He's a cool villain. It was cool to hear about him. But I'm just, yeah. you know. Uh, do you want to tell us about who's gay? We can talk about who's gay. Let's do we that. We didn't do that. Excuse me. The X Not even Sabretooth, because that wasn't Sabretooth wasn't there. That was just Logan having a hallucination that he's yeah, like, you're right? It's entirely he's like, Logan, and like it was like all Logan's fantasy. Like it's almost like okay, so you know when you have a dream and suddenly the dream feels very real, like you're in control of the dream. You're like, oh, I'm dreaming, so I can make my like I'm experiencing this dream, but like I'm control, which yep. means I can like control what happens, and it feels like I'm actually having sex with this person right now. Please do not pretend that you've not had one of those dreams before, because everyone has at least had one. Of those are so, like, or oh, at least okay, I hope like, so. And if you haven't had one yet in your life, you probably will someday. So. So. Yeah, right. So like that's kind of like what I think is happening. Logan's like, I'm having a nightmare where Sabretooth's going to attack me, but I'm in what control if? here. So I'm just going to be <laughs> completely naked and have Sabretooth fuck the ever-loving shit out of me. That's what's going through Logan's head. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll just leave it at that. I was going to try to come up with some type of convoluted like Xavier Shadow King slash, which I'm not even interested in that pairing. I was just like, I maybe know. I could go there. Like Xavier wanted to keep the Shadow King in his head in a box forever. Like, I don't know. I No, I don't feel that way. Although there were some other moments here where I was like, Cyclops is definitely so gay for Xavier. Yeah, like right. he is screaming and crying and Jean's like right there. Yeah. And she's trying to do something and Scott's and just Scott's like, like do something Jean about my daddy. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. He's yeah, like, because like Jean and Hank are fine. Cyclops <laughs> is having a complete meltdown. He's like, you have to save him, Jean. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Like this guy isn't even that great, dude. Like you could do a lot better than Xavier. Like I'm just going to go I totally ahead and agree say with that. that. To I know. everybody in this entire episode, they could all do a lot better than Xavier. I agree. Oh, but there's wow. also the moment on there where I feel like Xavier... This doesn't make Xavier gay. I think he just wants to fuck everybody. Because like there was a weird moment where I thought him and Jean were fucking on the astral yes. plane. But like but when he's remembering like, all the Logan wearing the Bermuda shorts and like yes, I was gonna lemonade. say when he walks over like naked, pretty much he's wearing a bathing suit. But he walks <laughs> over and he I, like I know he differ, delivers a line. It's like you could just let go, Chuck. But he like he's like rubbing like he's his like, shoulders. Come on, man, go ahead. Be just be gay. Just come out of the closet, Chuck. Just enjoy life. Like trust me, just suck my cock. But it's that again is not Logan. That's like xavier's yeah, like yeah. weird fantasy yeah so i can get I on know. board for that all right we made the episode gay we did it folks uh, well it was pretty gay because i'm gonna put those screen caps up i'm probably gonna post a video on the social media of like Sabretooth and logan wrestling or whatever the fuck that was I, i'm not even kidding logan falls out of the bed onto all fours naked and just waits he doesn't move <laughs> I know. Look, if you cut together all the times when Logan and Sabretooth wrestled, first like of all, on this show first alone, of all that that would be like 22 minutes in and of itself. Like of just those clips just straight up. And secondly, it would be really gay. It would be really gay. Anyway, uh Let's do some reader mail. 
The first one comes from Ronaldo, who writes, Hi, Ryan and Maddie. I caught up a few weeks ago, and while the episodes you guys have been covering haven't been great, it almost makes the show even funnier. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> well, at least somebody's enjoying it. <laughs> I've watched the Brood episode many times, and it never occurred to me how horny it is until you pointed it out. I can't unsee it. I, I can't unsee it. Giggity. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we've ruined everything with our horniness. <laughs> well, I mean, who said we ruined anything? Yeah, you're right. We're making everything better with our horniness. I agree. We're, we're doing the Shadow Kings work here. Um, <laughs> and I generally dislike the Cyclops solo, Scar Hollow, whatever the fuck it was episode. Yeah. But you guys breaking down how insanely gay that episode is makes it actually tolerable now. <laughs> I'm not sure if Toad has the suspended animation including jizz in the comic, so it seems like an odd choice for this episode. Personally, I feel like this episode exists purely to show off the cameos. Toad, Random, Tusk, he's actually an X-Factor villain, I believe during the Dark Riders Apocalypse storyline. I don't blame you for blocking that schlockfest out of your minds, though. (laughs) And Solar. But basically, no matter how bad the episodes get toward the end of the series, you guys still make a hell of a show. Aw, thank you. Yay. Last thing, I have been saying for years that we X-Fans deserve a C-Lab 2021 type show for the X-Men. Yes. This show proves how funny and yet entertaining that would be. X-Men with hilarious crude voiceovers made with love would be great. Side note, I want a new animated series more closely related to the comics, far more than any new MCU live action movie. If they made a new animated series, which characters would you two want to be featured? Again, love, love, love the show, guys. Thanks for doing the good work. See you next time. Props to the guy that came up with that catchphrase. It totally works in this context. Ray. Okay, so if they made a new animated series, which characters would I want to see? So I think... I feel like we've is... answered this before, but we can answer well, it because cause usually my answer that I that I think I've given in the past is that I think it would be cooler to do the new generation of mutants and have like Logan and Storm be like older and like not as much a part of it yeah. as opposed to and like having X-23 and like Miss Marvel and like the new teenagers of Marvel Comics today that are popular and like I don't know I just I think that's a cooler way to go I think that's where some of the Disney Plus shows are heading and I, I haven't checked them all out yet i want to but yeah i i think that's why those shows are doing that is because they recognize like oh you know kids right. today want that want these these newer villain newer heroes and villains that they're familiar with and like it's not to say i wouldn't still watch a rebooted show that was like the original x-men again like of course i'd watch it but like yeah i think i think those stories have been told a lot and so i don't know but what do you think do you want do you want the regular five Bobby? Okay, so here I, I would give. Well, yeah, I do want that, but I want to first say that I think the Wolverine and the X Men tried doing this because that right. came out during the time yeah. that the X Men had created a bunch of new X Men characters to put in there. Yeah, X twenty three only showed up for a split second in there. I don't think she had gained the popularity that she has now. I think she was getting pretty popular, but like, yeah, you know, well, but she it had was, like only just been invented then. So right, well, of course, she wasn't and popular I, yet. I think it's just. It's difficult because you need all those main X-Men, right? You yeah. need to know their stories before you can get on to the further ones. And there's been different generations, and then they kind of mold into the bigger X-Men story. So, I mean, we have we have our base X-Men. You have the original five. Then you have the 80s run, which is like Storm and Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Colossus, big names like that. You have the New Mutants with, you know, Magic and Karma, Moonstar, cannonball then you know boom boom and then eventually generation x which had jubilee jubilee was already there at that point but it kind of put emma and frost into a 
teacher role that was a good role it brought in chamber all those characters then you know at grant morrison's new x-men happened we were introduced to characters like glob who that generation actually has been sticking around for a while now and i would love to see them animated like glob and anol rock slide mercury blaine like they're just really interesting characters but this is i don't know if this would work for an animated show but i've been sitting here lately thinking about what if they just did something really out of the box for the MCU in terms of how they did this, right? Uh, when they bring the X-Men into the MCU, I've been thinking, like, how can they do this? Because they are so big, like, so much bigger than the Avengers, and there's so many of them, and now there's so many generations to work with. And I'm sitting there, and well, I'm like, well, they probably will introduce them like everybody else being introduced. But what if they went a totally different route? And this could work for the TV show, too. And it kind of goes along the idea of having them being older adults. But, like, so... I don't know if it would be like Netflix shows or movies, but what if they did like all the X-Men, all the X-Men we know and love, like Jubilee, Rogue, Storm, Wolverine, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Nykaa, all of them, those stories, but they're all set in the fucking 80s, right? <laughs> and so like we get like this, because like that is what's iconic about all these characters is like how they looked at that time. Yeah. Like influence too, they left like for the rest of their t- the that characters' really time periods. Cool. Like a period piece. I mean, that is like... Almost what Days of Future Past, First Class, what those movies were supposed to be, except they didn't really oh, right. do it. But then the main focus in the MCU or this cartoon would be like all the new generation of X-Men and all those other X-Men are like older. And like we see their stories through like these like 80s movies or like cartoons or Netflix series. Right. And it's like, oh, we see what they're what they're about, where they come from. But like when they're here with the Avengers and the current X-Men universe, right, they're actually newer, much older than the X-Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes kind sense. Kind of like what they did with Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I was kind of on board with until they like really fucked up Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, I, I, like, I, I, was I, like, don't, I hate the idea of that. I mean, I think actually Captain Marvel is probably the example you want here because like that yeah, is an I example that, of them like going back to the past and being like, this character was always already here, which I know people complained about that, but... I really don't know how the fuck else you're going to do it with the X-Men. Like, I just don't see how you can make that work without having them already exist in the 70s, 80s, something. Like, I just... But then, like, how would that be explained in the modern day? Like, Well, what do you mean? Like, like, like if like if, if we have this show and it's like, you know, Jean Grey, Cyclops, blah, blah, Magneto's there, and it's set in the 80s, and it's like that original storyline. Like, say it's a Netflix show or something, and it's a period piece, whatever. It's Stranger Things, but it's the X-Men. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, like, pretty much. that happens. Then, if they have the modern day X-Men working with the Avengers, are they just all pretending that they didn't remember when like magneto existed in yeah, 1987 I, you, no, that's like, that's fair what do you and i do thought about, about that. that okay so here is my my theory is that like uh, it, it, and it doesn't really work but like if it was almost like looking at the the gay movement in the 80s where like so many of them were still in the closet that nobody really knew much about them. Okay. This is the part that doesn't work with the MCU is because they already brought in the, oh my God, the uh, the aliens, what am I blanking on their names right now? The Inhumans, Inhumans. And yeah. like, they yeah. kind of did a mutant thing like I that know. and everyone was so scared. So at this point, it also really doesn't work because like, they've already established that in the past, like mutants didn't exist. Well, it's because so, they don't, they didn't have them yet. So, but I mean, we don't know what's happening. We don't know how they're going to introduce them. We don't know if Scarlet, Witch is going to alter reality because they just recently also said that Scarlet, Witch is going to discover she has powers beyond that. What we know about and mm-hmm. like sorcery powers. And so 
you know they're putting a lot of focus on her right now like there's so much Charlotte well, stuff that's about to come out have. she's the mutant that they have so they're oh, right they and also they're like are gonna use her because what they, else? i mean they just killed off like half the avengers and they're like uh who else do we have they're like oh remember scarlet witch she's actually a really important character and <laughs> like i mean it is the way to go like her and rogue are like really what connect the avengers and wolverine like right. they connect the avengers to the x-men you know yeah i just so, want them to throw rogue in there i keep saying it i still want it i want the, like the correct version of rogue not whatever anna paquin's weird ass version was anyway um, we, we really got distracted there <laughs> yeah okay so our next reader mail comes in from rob who writes hi ryan and maddie rob here i just finished listening to the episode about scott fucking cowboys <laughs> secrets buried deep in my ass <laughs> during the politics segment you had talked about the concept of a straight dude creating a far removed place for queer people to uh, live isolated from society mm-hmm. even with good intentions that instantly reminded me of Liberia and the American Colonization Society. The ACS was formed by a white guy in 1817 with the aim to create an African colony where formerly enslaved people, except fugitive slaves, would be relocated. It was even initially perceived as a benevolent project by abolitionists for at least the first few years. The organization was disdained pretty universally by black Americans from the beginning. Mind you, this wasn't an effort to return freed Africans back to where they were abducted from, but any non-slave of African descent back to a continent and country likely completely unknown to them. Fun fact, the ACS wasn't formally dissolved until 1964. Wow. That is not a typo. 1964. You can thank Wikipedia for the details and the public school systems of New Hampshire for me knowing about any of this. I didn't know about it. See you next time. (laughs) Rob somebody at Boudet on Twitter if you want to follow them. B-O-O-D-A-Y. Nice. P.S. A shout out. I'll keep things light and touch on Orientalism real quick. The Asians Represent podcast did a great episode on Orientalism and media and society with a partial focus on its influence on tabletop role playing. Surprise, Rob wrote you an email that talks about RPGs again or ta- <laughs> tabletop RPGs again. That so, sounds really good. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for all the historical lessons, Rob. They, yeah, I, that did a better. You did a better job uh, comparing that with an actual historical event. I also went to public school. Not nearly as good of a public school. Didn't get very yeah, good history same tra- here. teaching, Nating honestly. really didn't like do the this history section very well. This is show, every time Ryan and I have to talk about history, we're just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Our history that was taught to us was like, you know, the one that erased like a lot of the shitty shit that yes. white people did. Yep. And like, that was actually a thing back in that the time that we were growing up, I was going to say like the eighties, nineties, two thousands, where we were kind of like teaching like an alternate history, yeah. which is also a fucked up thing. Um, but it was very much like I think that. That's and so still going on, I mean, I think some yeah. of it is changing because kids have the internet now so they can like find they can just literally it. look up and be like, uh, what about this other horrible thing we yeah, did as Americans? Yeah, and like, kids and the can American do that history teacher's like, uh, we just don't pretend that happens. Yeah, I, I didn't find out about like a lot of terrible historical things until after I graduated high school and I like read more. And obviously, the internet was becoming more of a thing by then. But anyway, kids today are very lucky. <laughs> They have Wikipedia and they can look these things up at the stroke of a key. And we didn't have that. So mostly the Internet's bad. But, you know, there's some cool shit about it. That's one thing. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Okay, so we have another email here that actually wasn't just a read, like a normal read email. Um, Ryan Freeburn, who we interviewed for Ravages of Apocalypse, because he was one of the game designers on that. And fun fact, we are playing that game over on our YouTube channel. Maddie and I actually just finished playing the game. So now we are 
uploading, uploading those slowly. slowly and we got in he, i actually did confirm that the level that we thought was his level is, is his, level. his level so you will find that out when you see that come so out fun. on our youtube channel so fun. uh the mutant ages on youtube uh but part of the email that we were going back and forth with um he said to me the other day a tweet of mine went mildly viral and as a result one of the other level designers who worked on ravages of apocalypse tim mcconnell now working at microsoft saw it and got in touch i shared the podcast episode with him and he listened to it and he said it was great and let me know that everything sounded accurate based on his understanding <laughs> he says he remembers getting his check at the end of, and another level designer derek Barr, telling him enjoy your new voodoo 2 except it wasn't nearly enough to cover the cost of a voodoo 2 <laughs> <laughs> Like, can you imagine them oh doing all that god. work and it's like it just didn't Getting, even go like, oh my no god money i mean wow props to all of them though for doing it anyway i know uh he also said he's sending us a copy of the originals ravages yes. of apocalypse quick conversion game in its original box because we have a PO that is box really exciting now, and that is something yeah. very exciting about it so thank you i i mean i just wanted to share with you all because we did do an episode where we interviewed yeah, him and i just want to follow that so up great that's so exciting uh and then on Twitter, somebody was referencing the Wizard of Oz with us, oh, and they yeah. wrote in, I don't know why you'd say that Wolverine isn't in the Wizard of Oz, because he's clearly the best Dorothy. Again, again. <laughs> and then they write, awesome. This is Where Rogue, by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, Where Rogue writes, awesome. Elaine agrees with me. And then I responded, I have been proven wrong by literally everyone that Logan should be Dorothy, <laughs> but should the Wicked Witch of the West be dot, 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 Mr. Sinister? <laughs> And where Rogue writes, I'm going to say yes. That way we can kill off Apocalypse by dropping a house on him. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, yes. I, I know that wasn't a rear mail, but I, I was like, I have to share that on the show because that is very funny. Yeah, I really like that. Um, so that as rear mail, but we actually just had a contest, our first Mutant Ages contest. Yes, we did. Um, in which, if you watched our YouTube channel, The Mutant Ages, we had these grow toys from the 90s that were wolverine and magneto and we did a video on them they came with a little miniature comic of the dark phoenix saga each they came with some stick-on tattoos and they also obviously came with uh, wolverine and or magneto depending on who you want and we said we were going to give both away free yeah um to two lucky winners <laughs> for writing in uh the best haikus um so we're going to read the second place. And I decided them without Maddie on yes, this and she trusts me. It's totally so, fine. So Ryan's going to read. Are you going to do the runners up first? I'll just trust you to do whatever you want to do. Well, I'm not doing all of them, right. but I'm going to do. There's a, we have a first and a second place and they can. The first place is going to decide which one they want. Wolverine and Magneto. And then, and then the second other one place will get whatever that yeah. person didn't decide. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes, exactly. And then there's a shout out because it's also good. Um, so our, our second place uh, goes to Rob, uh, who wrote in the Wolverine howls, mind dizzy with confusion. Ah, my memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Great. Wonderful job, uh, Rob. So thank you. Wonderful Congratulations. You win a second place, which means um, you, will, you will be receiving either Magneto or, or Wolverine. Wolverine. Uh, so Elena actually wins first place. Yay. She wrote in several. <laughs> And I was like, I don't even know which one to pick that is, like, the winning one. 
Um, yeah. You can also pick with me, but I think you and I are going to agree on which one it is. Okay. But here are all the ones that were submitted, and they're all amazing. You and everybody could submit as many as they I wanted. Know, we had no uh, real rules for this contest. It was no, like I mean, we've never run a contest before. We don't care. We're just going to pick the best one based on whatever. There's no real right. qualifications. Uh, so here's all the ones that I think are runner ups, the ones that I eventually picked as the, the winning one. Okay. Um, but the first one she writes is The Dark Man Whispers, M. Exignia Winking. Time travel is real. <laughs> Great. The Wolverine fights, obscured in a dark head fog. The memories burn. <laughs> that one's good. That one's like actually dramatic. Yeah, that one's good. The Phoenix slumbers, the child of light and darkness in her mortal egg. Ooh, these um, are like artsy. <laughs> I know. A gambit, a ploy, the original fuckboy, rogue, his queen of hearts. He wears blue velvet. I'm thirsty for a nightcrawler. I am not ashamed. <laughs> And then the one that's that wins first place, and I know you'll agree with me, is a uh, on the swampy shores. For whom is the butter dish? <laughs> Betty Spaghetti. <laughs> really good oh my god thank you elena those are oh my god so good uh and then there's a runner-up that's from drake that i wanted to share because i thought it was also very funny Uh um cable has problems cyclops has some issues too (laughs) guess we'll blame corsair That is really great. Oh, I love our fans uh, so much. But thank you We're to everybody so who submitted lucky. haikus for us. Those two. So uh, Elena is our top winner. And Elena, she will get uh, to choose whether she wants Logan or Magneto. Or Magneto. And, and Rob, Rob will, will get, get the, the other, other one. one. So that's great. So, our first contest. I know. Uh, that was really Yay. fun. And I, I'm thankful to um, everybody. God, I yeah, for listening to our show and participating. Yeah, that was and so that great. is reader mail. And you can also submit reader mail to us at themutantages at gmail.com yes and or you can send us physical mail yeah. now which is really fun and you can send that on over to p.o box 3344 i said all of them this time natick massachusetts 01760 <laughs> and if you want to call in and leave us a voicemail oh, and yeah, be like voicemail you can do that we'll play them on the show and you can reach us at 508 508- 319-1668 if you're calling from out of the country you have to put a one at the front cool so we have a whole bunch of other things to plug such as every social media ever which is <laughs> we have a facebook we've got twitter we've got instagram we've got pinterest we've got tumblr we've even got youtube we are the mutant ages everywhere on all of those things you can follow us any of those places our youtube channel also has a whole bunch of other content that you definitely shouldn't miss out on if you enjoy this show we do let's plays of x-men video games like we're playing ravages of the apocalypse right now but you can go back and watch us play like the wolverine nes game and other games and talk about them ryan edits together clips from this show to like clips from the episodes to make it look like the x-men are saying the dumb shit that we say and that's really funny so yeah it's a cool youtube channel you should check it out um we also have individual twitters oh yeah patreon let's talk about patreon that's really important it It helps us do this show and pays us yeah so patreon we are at patreon.com slash the mutant ages you can pay just a couple bucks a month and get access to 
bonus audio content ryan's bonus funny podcast notes from the show bonus podcast yeah like it, it yeah we a do bunch bonus videos bonus vlogs videos all yeah. kinds of extra stuff but more importantly than the gifts you're supporting us and like obviously we're doing the show in our free time in addition to our other jobs and we do it for fun but like it's way easier if we don't have to pay for hosting fees and all the other things that come up and we just really appreciate everybody who's been yep. able to back the page. We are a completely fan supported show. So everything you put into this show on Patreon goes into the show itself. Yep. And it's so appreciated. Uh, so also we're individually on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers. I'm at Ryan Pagilla. I'm also on Instagram. It's the same I'm also, name. well, I'm Ryan.Pagilla on Instagram. Yeah. But you can still you type can it find Ryan Pagilla and find me. Everywhere you want to find us. Everywhere. We're out anywhere there. Anywhere you want to find us. And most importantly, if you could leave us a review on whatever you listen to us on, uh, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever, whatever Stitcher, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, know. your phone, whatever it is, you can either <laughs> leave us. You shout uh, at your phone, I love yeah, the Mutant Ages. You're like, I love the Mutant Ages. <laughs> and then it just gives it a five star. That's great. Yeah. You can write a review or you can give us a star rating. It helps us. It helps increase our visibility to let other people find us. Yeah. And if you like this show, share it with your friends. Yes. Like, for example, if you're screaming, I love the Mutant Ages at your phone, try recording that, uploading it to your Instagram stories and then just see where that goes you could even tag yeah. us <laughs> that would yeah that great. would actually be really funny in fact i would laugh really hard and yeah you know shout out to anybody that actually now does that because i'm the one that's in control of those accounts so i will see it before maddie does yeah <laughs> so you know what any way that you want to let people know you like the show um is much appreciated because it's how people find the show <laughs> and we love yeah. all of our listeners and want more people to find our weird dumb thing uh okay is that everything i think so wow is it time for us to go get stoned to rewatch this episode? I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> On that <Ooh>. note. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe. Wait, I have to call up Wolverine. Are you kidding me? Because, like, apparently all I need to do is have the Shadow King, like, like make Wolverine think Sabretooth is there and he's just gonna rip off all his clothes and get on all fours. Yeah. Call I mean, me Wolverine. All you have to do is just put on your Sabretooth outfit which is I assume what you and Wolverine do in your free time <laughs> when you go on dates <laughs> Why don't I have a Sabretooth outfit oh so God. I can fuck Logan? I don't anyway, know. Anyway, <laughs> see you next time. See you next time. The